All right. Good morning, Lake Point Church. How y'all doing today? Good. Hope you enjoyed the worship this morning, and uh, pray, I pray that today you will be blessed by the service, and uh, everything that we do today, we will honor and glorify God. And uh, so we are thankful that we're here to celebrate and to worship Him. And uh, some of you, this is your first time with us, and we're so glad you came today and uh, to worship. And I hope you get a minute. If you get a minute, take it in the program. Uh, you should have received one. Has lots of information in there. I was telling someone you got some paper, airplane materials in the program. Okay, so it's got lots of good stuff in there. Uh, but there's a lot of things to look at. But the most important part is the, is the connection card, which is to actually take a minute, fill that out, and then at the end of our service, there'll be an offering time, and you can drop that card in the offering basket. Let us know about your visit with us, and, and we'll thank you for being here to worship. And uh, we're in the middle of our last message series at Lutheran High North. Can you believe it? Lutheran High North, we are halfway through. We've got today, and then next Sunday morning will be our final Sunday morning, and um, I'm looking forward to next week what we're going to talk about and what God has put in my heart already for next Sunday as we close out this chapter of being portable for 10 years and, um, and closing this chapter and talking about what's next. What does it look like going into a new space? And for some of us, that, that, that's new for us. Some of you, you know, for me, it's been 10 years since I served at a church. And uh, that was a brick and mortar church. I served for 10 years in Florida at a church in the Panhandle. And it was a, uh, a building. And we had an office there. We had a worship there. And so for 10 years, uh, I served there. And in 10 years, I have been portable. So this month, actually, I mentioned it a couple weeks ago, but this month actually is my 20th anniversary of being full-time ministry. And I'm not, and I don't, I'm not saying to brag. I'm just saying, you know, 10 years of it is in a building, and 10, of it, 10 years been portable. And it's been an awesome, awesome journey. My wife and I have been a part of this whole thing, and, um, and we're, we're excited to see what the next 10 years is going to look like at Lake Point. We have been in uh, this series called Edge of Tomorrow. And our key verse is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. I've got the verse on the screen. It says, for no matter how many promises God has made, and there's been many of them, if we count all the promises in the Bible, there's between 3,500 to 5,000 promises. But who's counting, right? There's a lot of promises. He said, for, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. They are a resounding yes. It's been affirmed. He had never back off on a promise. There's never been a promise. He said, man, I overspoke. You know, I overpromised. He's never done that. He's always promised. He's never underdelivered. He's delivered every time. Every promise he's made, he had taken care of it. And so we see they are yes in Christ. And then we see, and so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. And next week, I'm going to 
look at the next couple of verses. And, uh, but what we see here is God, through the amen, in our future, he got the best is yet to come. So far, so God, all the promises been faithful and true. So far, so God. Not so far, so late point. Not so far, so Scott. Not so far, so us. So far, so God. It's all about him. We couldn't do this without the power of God in our lives. And we also believe that in the future, the amen, the let it be so, the best is yet to come. And so next Sunday, we'll celebrate our last Sunday here. And, um, and one of the things that I want to talk about before we get into the message is uh, as we talk about what's happened as we close out, one of the things that we're doing before our very first worship service on October 6th is we want the Word of God in the auditorium proclaimed from Genesis to the maps, okay? You know, some of you got maps in the back of your Bible, okay? But from cover to cover, all right, you get the idea. And from Monday, uh, Monday, I believe, September 29th to October 4th, the Friday, from 9 o'clock in the morning to 9 o'clock at night, we have a board right out by the bathroom on your way out, and 30-minute time segment for you. You can bring your family, however you want to roll, to come to the church if you pick Wednesday afternoon at 1 o'clock, and you come up to the church building, you'll go to the auditorium, and you're going to read whatever that passage of scripture you sign up for at that hour or that 30 minutes. And so we want to cover all 120 slots. I believe that's how many we have, about 100, 120 slots. And we want you to pick a time and come up, and then at the end of your reading, you pray. And we'll have a time of prayer. We also have a cross on the platform or somewhere in the room, and we're going to give you instructions with a little uh, sticky note with someone that you're going to be praying for that needs Jesus. And you're going to put that name on that cross, and I'm praying by the end of Friday we see cross covered with names that we want to say, Jesus, here's my one. This is my one person I'm praying for. This is my family I'm praying for. You might have a couple people you're praying for. And we're going to put that on that cross. And, uh, and that's what's happening, not this week, but the following week. And uh, to me, this is one of the most exciting things we've ever done. Before our very first worship note is sung, before the first sermon is preached, God's Word, the foundation of what we do, will be read from Genesis to Revelation. And I hope that you'll be a part of it. Here's an idea, by the way. Here's an idea. This is what we're going to do. My wife and I, we're going to bring our two kids in our 30-minute segment. And our family, because we want to include Nathan and Abigail, too. You know, we'll read, and then Nathan will read, Abigail will read a little bit, Karen will read, and we're going to make it a family thing. I want them to be a part of it. So however you want to roll, you want to come by yourself, husband and wife come together, bring your family, and uh, however you want to roll. But I encourage you today, after the service, if you haven't done so, go out to the board and get signed up for a time. And uh, we're getting ready. Last week, we talked about volunteering, serving. And if you didn't sign up for a volunteer card, there's a, there's a card that says volunteer card right here. I encourage you to sign up. You know, serving one, worshiping the other. 
And uh, we're looking for flexibility. He said, Scott, you can put me whatever time. And so that might be where needed. You know, and if you can, let us know how we can plug you in uh, where needed and, uh, and help us get involved. Let's let, let serve. And I can't wait for a lot of new people serving. A lot of you signed up last week. A lot of new faces signed up that never served before. In fact, there will be a table again out here in the lobby. And uh, if you've never volunteered before and you turn this card in at that table, we have a gift for you for being a new volunteer. But you can also drop this card um, in the offering basket. And, and let me just challenge this real quick. LP kids. Now, we have a lot of ladies. And thank God for the ladies. But, man, for LP kids, we have very little men. It's okay, men. It is okay to be around little kids. In fact, they need some male role models. They need some male leadership. So pray about serving with your wife. Maybe your wife is serving. You say, you know what? I'm going to serve with her. And I remember when I was in Florida, and I was looking for nursery volunteers. I was in charge of a lot of different things. My wife and I, we were trying to feel, you know, trying to find people to step up. And, uh, and I thought, man, I need to ask the head deacon. I went to the head deacon of our 2,000-member church. And his name was Brother Clyde. That was his name, Clyde. Okay, it sounds like a, you know, L.A., you know, name. L.A. means lower Alabama, all right? Out in Panhandle, Florida. All right, so Brother Clyde, I called him. All right, we don't call brothers up here, but down there, say hey, Brother Clyde. I said, would you be interested in hanging out with the toddlers? And he looked at me, and he said, Scott, no one has ever asked me to serve in the kids' program. I think that'd be a great idea. And he served faithfully every Sunday, uh, Sunday night. We had a Sunday night program for kids. Hanging out. He was on the knees. He was a 55-year-old guy. On his knees, hanging out with the kids, loving on kids. So, men, I'm just a, a little call out to you. Don't be, a, don't be shy. Jump in and say, you know what? I'm going to serve with my wife. Be a team. Be a team. And so, and then launch weekend. Launch weekend, October 6th, two things. And we're going to jump into the message because the best is yet to come. All right? Saturday night, October 5th, it's a prayer and prep rally. Not pep, but prep rally. Okay? All right? So we're going to have a prayer and prep rally because Sunday morning, it's the kickoff. All right? We're kicking off two new services, new location. That's happening on that Sunday morning. So Saturday night, 5 o'clock for an hour and a half, and we are going to have time for prayer. And then all of our volunteers, this is for all of our volunteers, they'll come. If you're not a volunteer, you still come. But you know, if you come, we might make you a volunteer, okay? But you come, and, and we're going to, all of our volunteers are going to break out, and you'll know where to go so that way on Sunday morning, we're not trying to figure it out. So that's going to happen Saturday night. We'll have a kind of like an overextended huddle with your team leaders, making sure you know what's happening in your certain area of ministry. And if that's happening October 5th, make sure you mark that down. Let us know that you can come. On the back of your card, there's a place to say, we're coming. We're coming. Bring your family, bring the kids, and, uh, and, and be there for launch Saturday night. Well, I want to talk about, as we continue to look ahead, on how we continue to be 
generous in the way we live and give. One of our core values here at Lake Point Church is to lead with generosity. Lead with generosity. That we will be radically generous people. A radically generous people because we have experienced a radically generous God. We will be radically out of control, crazy generous because we have a God who is so generous to us. And when I look around the room today, when I look around the room this morning, I truly see some of the most amazing, some of the most crazy, passionate, generous people around. We have so many of you who have just step up. You lead the way. You do everything you can to make a difference of your time, of your abilities and talents, and of your resources. Man, this past two or three months, I have seen that on display in so many different ways. So many of you gave up, gave up your day off on a Saturday to come and do work around the building. Some of you come up at, late at night working around the building. And some of you have a trade set that you gave of where we would, if it wasn't for you, we would have had to call somebody that we didn't know and pay out a need that needed to be done. And so, so many of you have given of your time, your abilities, and of your resources financially. And I think, man, God has done some incredible stuff here. I see it throughout the room. You have been leading with generosity. It's God-inspiring. It is totally God-inspiring when I look around the room. And it's making it a big difference. And it's making a big difference in the world that we live in. Unfortunately, unfortunately, if we can just call it what it is, a lot of people get uncomfortable when you talk about generosity. And the truth is, in our country, many people are not generous. Many people might say, well, no, I'm pretty generous. I'm pretty generous. And the reason they think that is because they gave something. But we need to understand that giving and being generous are actually two different things. Two different things. And I hope today we'll, under, we'll break that down a little bit. Giving and being generous are two separate ideas. If you're taking note, generosity, I read this definition this past week. To be generous is to orient your life around the thrill. I love that. Around the thrill of being used by God to make a difference. Generosity, to orient your life around the thrill of being used by God to make a difference. And because of what Jesus did, we lead the way with irrational generosity. In other words, we get to do this. We get to do this. As followers of Christ, this is just what we do. We recognize the fact that Jesus gave his all for us. He was a generous God who gave us 
salvation. And without him, we would be lost. But because of what he's done in the sacrifice on the cross, we get to be generous because of a Savior who died for us, who now lives within us, and we can live out generosity. Everyone gives. A lot of people give. But to give from the heart of irrational generosity, that is just different than just giving. And so what I want to talk today is how do we, as followers of Christ, become generous, which reflects the heart of an abundantly good God to be a blessing to people all over the world. And I want to talk to you about three different ways that we, as followers of Christ, faithfully give. Number one, we give spontaneously, spontaneously. There will be a time when we will see a need in someone else's life and we think, you know what, I can meet that need. That person has a need and I'm able to. God has blessed me with more resources than I have, than what I need, and I have the time, I have the resources, I have the ability, and I see a need and I'm going to honor that person and I'm going to be I'm going to meet that need. In fact, I'm excited to meet that need. And the truth is, this is the way that most people give. And this is awesome. You know, many of you have given this way many times. There's a tragedy in the world. And, and, and you'll see something on TV uh, along, the, uh, along the bottom of the screen. It's scrolling by and say, hey, help, this, help the victims of an earthquake or the, of a hurricane relief. And call this number or go to this website. And many of you say, you know what? I want to help that need. There might be uh, someone that you work with, you know, and maybe it's a single mom or a single dad, and, and they just can't, they're not making the bills, you know, and you know this. You see that person are struggling financially, so you go to your office and say, hey, if we all chip in, we can help meet a need spontaneously. You might be driving down the road, you see someone in need, and you pull over. Spontaneously, you give spontaneously, and this is a very important way to give. This is the way that we know in the story of, of the Good Samaritan, this is the way he gave. We see the story in the Bible in Luke chapter number 10. We know the story. He, he's a, uh, there's a Jewish man, he's walking on the road, and he got uh, beat up, robbed. Thieves came in and, 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 and left him for dead. And while he's laying on the side of the road, sadly, there were two religious people that looked by and said, you know what, I don't have time to deal with him. I don't have time to, uh, or I don't want to help him. You know, he's a lost cause. He's dying anyway. We're just going to keep moving. Two religious people did that to this Jewish man. Finally, there was a third man, and he was a Samaritan. In other words, Samaritan had nothing to do with Jewish people. They despised each other. Uh, they had every reason to just hate each other. Well, they were not good reasons, by the way, but they just didn't stand each other. And so here's a Jewish man on the side of the road, and you got this man from Samaria walking by, and he put aside his racist attitudes, his, uh, his uh, you know, his... Uh, Wrong motive. He said, you know what? Here's a man that needs help. I'm going to get past it. 
I don't care if he's Jewish. I don't care if he's from Moab. I don't care if he's from Philistines. He's dying. And I'm going to help him. And so he went, got on his knees, bandaged him up, put him on his donkey, and they rode him to the nearest hotel. And you see in Luke chapter 10, verse 35, the next day, the Samaritan man took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, and when I return, I will reimburse you for even extra expense you may have. I mean, this guy right here was available. He was on call. He spontaneously saw a need, and he met it. And so I want to encourage you to give like that as followers of Christ. You know, a few years ago, probably about four or five years ago, um, and this is a personal how someone spontaneously helped me. One of our church members here. And uh, I had a hearing aid that broke. And uh, for whatever reason, it broke. And, you know, I, it was $250 repair. And, and at that time, we just couldn't pay the $250. We had some other needs that were pressing, you know, with kids. And I said, you know what? It's fine. I can live with one hearing aid. My wife might not like it, but I'll get, you know, she'll get over it, all right? And so I'm mono, all right? I didn't have surround sound. I've got the one hearing aid on the one side, and I went like this for a whole month. If you tried to talk to me that month and I ignored you, I didn't do it on purpose, all right? I just didn't hear you, all right? And so it was just about one month, and I just figured, hey, I will get to my hearing aid when we need to. I've got other pressing needs, you know, medical bills. I got to take care of whatever it was. And I remember going to a, a restaurant with one of our church members here, and, uh, and we're having a conversation, and he noticed. He said, you know, you're having a hard time hearing. I said, I'm, I'm all right. And he said, I've noticed that you only have one hearing aid. What's going on? He said, ah, you know, it's broken, but, I, you know. I said, well, how come, how come it's not fixed? I mean, you're the pastor. You need to be able to listen to people. I said, well, you know, I, I'll get to it when I can. It's just not that I'm a priority. He said, well, okay, well, you know, and we kind of left it at that, and, and we move on. The next day, you know, his wife called my wife and said, we're fixing a hearing aid. They, could, they took care of it spontaneously and blessed me by fixing a hearing aid, and it blessed her so that I could hear her more, and uh, what a good thing for her. I got more to say about that. All right. Um, so, spontaneously. Another idea, and this, was a, this one very recent. You know, Pastor Tom, you know, and his wife, Jenna. But Jenna back there, and, 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 you know, four months ago, three months ago, she had a stroke. And, and, and it was, you know, a very scary moment for the family. And so many medical bills. And the body of Christ, many from niches and all over the world, spontaneously blessed them in huge ways. Spontaneous. Spontaneous. And you guys do a great job. And I want to encourage you as followers of Christ to find those needs, to listen to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit often said, you need to take care of that. You can meet that need. You can meet that need. But don't give just spontaneously. This is where most people stop. If you only give spontaneously, 
then you'll be very limited in what you can do to make a true difference. Start there, but don't stop there. Number two, we're to give strategically. Strategically. Now, sometimes we say, you know, I wish I could give more. I wish I could give more. I have people from time to time, they say this to me, say, Pastor Scott, I wish I could give more. However, I bought a lottery ticket, and if I win, I'm going to give you the building. I'm going to buy you the building. I'm like, okay, you know, thank you. But, you know, if you plan to give, if you plan to give, then you can give. It's all about the planning. You can give more if you plan on giving more. If it becomes a part of your heart, it becomes a part of your values, your strategy, you can give more if you plan to give more. And the Bible calls us to be strategic givers. In fact, Jesus teaches, and the Scripture teaches, that the, that the first 10% of what comes in, we should strategically and prayerfully and out of a heart of worship, we turn that 10% to God through the local church. And we believe that. We don't give last. We don't give God our leftovers. We give first. Give God your first and your best, and he will bless the rest. And so we plan. We plan to put God first in every area of your life. And this is one of the many areas where we say, God, we worship you first in our finances. We worship you first. And so I'm asking you to be strategic, to pray about being strategic. You know, I believe that the starting place is 10%. I know for some of you, say, man, God, we just can't do 10%. And I'm going to challenge you to start somewhere. And say, all right, I'm going to be 3%. I'm going to start doing 3% every month. And then next, next year, we're going to work our finances, our budget, where we can go up a percent. And we're going to go up a percent. We're going to go up until we can get to where God wants us to be, where we can worship God for the first and best. And I know that's a, that's a challenge for some of you. I've been doing this for 20 plus years, and so it's easier now. But I know it started off, man, you know, I've allocated my funds in so, different, in so many different ways. I had to learn to make the budget and plan strategically. The Bible says, and I love what Isaiah says about generous people. Isaiah 32, verse 8. But generous people plan to do what is generous. They plan to do what's generous. And then I love what the Bible says here. And they stand firm in their generosity. In other words, they plan it and they do it. They don't just put it on the budget and say, okay, we're going to do this. They stand firm on it. That's what generosity is. You're generous by planning and standing firm in your generosity. Now, anytime we get a, an extra money, this is me too. We're all wired like this. We are all wired like this. We get some extra money. We get extra money. What's the first thing we think about? We think about how to spend it. We think about how to spend it. And in our culture in America, we are, we, we are consumers. We are consumers. We make it, we spend it. 
I'm asking you to, to think a little bit differently from the Bible standpoint. It's not to be consumers, but to be spiritual contributors. Spiritual contributors. Look for ways. Say, God, you blessed us with more. How can I give more? I'm not saying you give it all. You should follow the Lord prompting, but have a mindset. Say, God, how can I give more? What can we do strategically? We are to be spiritual contributors. We don't believe that the church exists for us. We believe that we are the church, and we exist for the world that is lost and dying, that's in hope, that's in need of a hope of the Savior. They need the gospel. And instead of just planning to make the purchase, what if it's followers of Christ? We plan to make bigger difference in the world by the way we give. So generosity, not accidental, if you're taking notes, but intentional. It's not accidental, but it's intentional. And how do you plan it? Have I mentioned it? But you budget. Every month, Karen and I, we do a monthly budget meeting in our home. We'll talk about what we got to spend. We got to talk about the clothes that we got to get for the kids. We got to talk about all this little stuff. But before we do all that stuff, all that stuff, we say, you know what? Our percentage, our 10% plus is going here first. And it's untouchable. We leave it alone. I mean, I'm telling you, it's enough money for us to do something really nice with that every month. But we don't look at it that way. We look at, man, we get to make a difference. There's a difference-making money that we're spending. Because we're making a difference in the lives of people all over the world. And so we put that aside, and then we break out our budget from there. And we have found that God is always, always taking care of our needs. Always have. It's always blessed us. And it's always taken care of us. We've never been in want. I might be down one hearing aid. I might go down two hearing aid, but God is always, I'm telling you, He always finds a way to take care of our needs. Be strategic. Be strategic. And number three, here's the last thought. We give spontaneously, we give Strategically, and then number three, we give sacrificially. Sacrificially. There are so many powerful examples in the Bible about sacrificing. And to me, there's no more a powerful story than what we see in Mark chapter 12, where Jesus is watching in the temple what people were given. And this is how Mark told the story in Mark chapter 12, verse 41. He said, Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple. And watch at the crowd dropping their money. And think about that. Jesus is watching. Can you imagine? Jesus is watching the money. I, 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 I don't do that. All right? But Jesus is Jesus, and he can do whatever he wants. All right? So he's standing there watching the collection box for whatever reason. He's there. And, but there was a powerful lesson, and it was a powerful lesson he wanted to teach in this moment. And it said, many rich people... They're putting in their large amount. You know, they've got the Benjamin Franklins, and they're dropping them in, you know, and, and it's happening. I love verse 42. And a poor widow came 
and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. And what's really interesting to me about this whole thing is, number one, Jesus is watching, okay? I've already mentioned that. But here's the second thing that's interesting to me. is that Jesus didn't stop her. I mean, if I was the pastor on duty, I'd be like, listen, we've had enough rich people give. You need us money more than, than please don't give money. Just hold on to this. But Jesus did not rob her from her blessing. He didn't rob her from her blessing. He allowed her, and in fact, he celebrated her sacrificial gift. You see, sometimes we think a sacrificial gift is a certain amount. We think, oh, it's got to be four figures. It's got to be five figures. No. Sacrifice comes out of the abundance of your heart, and you know what that is. Nobody else does, but you and your God knows the sacrifice, that, what that is. I know... Sometimes people want to do that, especially with the hearing aid situation. I said, no, we don't need them. We'll be fine. You know, I don't want, you know, we don't need that cash. We don't need the, the, the money to fix the hearing aid. You know, we'll be okay. And that person said, yeah, Scott, don't rob me from the blessing. Don't rob me from the blessing. Don't rob people from the blessing. I got a question for you. I want you to think about this. It's on your handout notes. When is the last time you've given in such a way that you felt it and you loved that you gave up something to be a massive blessing to someone else? When's the last time that you've given in such a way where you orient your life around the thrill of giving to make a difference? When's the last time you did that, and you love it so much that you, the fact that you gave up so that you could be a huge blessing to a person in need will want. And this is what we do. The Bible says that we're more blessed to give than to receive. We are Jesus' followers. We're to give spontaneously. We're to give strategically. And then when those moments happen, we give sacrificially unto the Lord. I want to be clear for a minute. I'm going to ask you to pray about being generous in the next few minutes. As your pastor, I'm going to ask you to be generous. I'm going to ask you to give radically generous to our church. You say, how come not this church? Well, I hope if you believe in the values, I hope that if you believe in me, believe in us, believe in Lake Point, then this is the church that you can plug in. I pray that you be generous to the church. But if you don't believe in this, if you don't believe in what we're trying to accomplish, then I say this. Find a church that you can get behind, get plug in, and be generous there. If not here, then somewhere else. 
but make a difference somewhere. Whether it's here or wherever, give of your time, your talent, your resources. Be a giver as Christ followers in this world. Find a place. Find a church. Get involved. Get plugged in and do it. Now, we've been talking about what we do. We get to do this. What we do. But let me tell you what we'll never do at late point. I just want to be clear on this. We'll never do this. Number one, we'll never pass the offering plate multiple times in one service. Never happened. We're not going to beg. We're not going to beg. I've heard stories. I know churches that done it. No, all right. The first offering plate got passed, and then it got passed again because it wasn't enough. You know, and, and I'm sure, I'm sure maybe they'd pass it a third time. And they, they tell people, we're locking the doors, okay? We'll never do that here at Lake Point. We believe that God will fully fund the vision by what he has given us. We believe that. And, and, and I should say this. If you're like, well, Scott, you know, I don't want to give generously, and I'm going to hold back. Listen to this. We don't need your money. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He will provide one way or the other. One way or the other. He always takes care of the needs. Always. Number two, here's the second thing. We'll never send a given bill. This has happened in other churches. We'll never send you a bill and say, oh, by the way, we've noticed you haven't given much, so here's the bill. That'll never happen. We'll give a given statement for your tax records, for you to keep, but that's not a bill. We'll never punish someone for not giving. If you say, well, God, we just can't give, that's between you and God. My job here today is to inspire you to be generous. What you do is on you. You're always welcome here. You're always welcome at home at Lake Point Church. We will never send a giving bill. We will never kick anyone out of our church because they don't give between you and God. Now, let me tell you what we will do, and I'll say this without apology. I will, as your pastor, inspire you to give. Inspire you to give. In a couple months, we get to feed almost 1,000 people a Thanksgiving dinner. And we start, you know, we start bringing food in. And we start getting ready for one of our biggest outreach. And we go to Mount Clemens. We partner with the church there. And we bless them. We bless that community. And we, we aim to feed over 1,000 people again. And I'm gonna, I pray that I inspire you. You know what? I want to be a part of that, making a difference. Karen and I, number two, Karen and I will steward our personal finances with integrity. And we, as the leader of the church, both of us, we will personally lead the way in radical, irrational generosity. We will lead the way because we believe in what we're doing in this place. And number three, with God's help, we will prayerfully steward the resources that are given. We will pray about how we are blessed with the giving and the finances. We are not in need. But we, when you give, we use it for his glory to accomplish the mission that he has given us. And that mission is helping people take their next step with God. That's what we do. That's what we do. I want you to see this short video of Dave Giancola, what he's been doing the last few months. 
being really unchurched, you know, it's about 23, 24 years ago, giving to a church was, was foreign to me. But as, as we got to know the Lord and our, our lives changed, it just became part of our life and, and tithing and serving within the church. And uh, as time went on, my, my tithing increased and my, my serving increased. I, I using the gift that God gave me in various ways and in leadership roles within men's Bible studies or men's groups. I've been blessed as uh, my family's been blessed with health, uh, with physical things, and I needed to give back to God. Quite honestly, every time our family's taken a step of faith, God has delivered. Uh, it was, you, you I, I hate to say you can't outgive God, but I firmly believe that. God always finds a way that if you give sacrificiously, he will make you whole. And it's like what we're going through right here with Lake Point Church. I've been praying for this building. Our family's been praying for this building for five years. And when the opportunity came for us to buy it, and then we got it, I felt God tell me, okay, you prayed. We gave this to your church. Now, what are you going to do with it? As I sit here, Looking out our windows, we have tens of thousands of people a day going by this building. Every one of them have something going on in their life. A lot of them don't know the Lord. So I have to do what I got to do to help them find us here in Shelby Township and find the Lord here at Lake Point Church. Hence why I'm here at night, getting this building ready for those people out there. And this is what Torch Tomorrow was. To become. God knew it. We didn't know it. We went through many rabbit holes with dead ends. Now, as God says, we're at the edge, the edge of tomorrow, edge of the new stuff, the new beginning of Lake Point Church and Shelby Township, the new beginning of a new big family that we can develop here, which we were limited before. I'm just so excited about that. So, so far, so God. And so far as we can see, it will be God. And he's got control and he's leading us. And I'm blessed and my family's blessed to be here. There are times when the Lord called people together for additional, and I think that's what we have right now with this building and, and trying to get to ready and to make things just right for people. Uh, to come in this door, feel comfortable, feel loved, feel welcomed, and it's a great opportunity for us to go over and above our tithe and really um, put it, pedal to the metal because this is what we worked hard for, this is what we prayed for, and now it's here. And what are we gonna do with it? You know, as we're wrapping things up around the building, getting the building ready here for two weeks, uh, I just truly firmly believe, so far, so God, the best is yet to come. We get to do this. We get to do this. This is what we do. Because of what he did, because of the sacrifice on the cross, we do this. This is what we do. The Church of Jesus Christ. This is what we do. And I have one question for you as I close out. Are you a part of we? Are you a part of what we're trying to accomplish? Because the thing that we're doing has an eternal impact. This move that we're making has an impact, get this, that will outlast all of us, including me. Because there will be another generation of people and another generation after that. And there's going to be a, 
a lighthouse of the truth of God's word and the gospel of Jesus Christ shining on the corner of 24 and Van Dyke. And it's there. And we're making a sacrifice now for future blessings. The amen, the let it be so, the best is yet to come. I can't wait to see what God's going to do next. Are you a part of we? Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ask, think, or imagine through his power and be glorified and through the church that his name will be known for generations and generations to come. Because of what he did, we get to do this. This is what we do. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do in your program. And I want the band. Go ahead and band. Why don't you come up here? In your program, it's a connection card. I want everyone to pull out your connection card. Take a look at it. One of the things that we decided not to do this year as we got ready to go into a new building and do another campaign, we just said, you know what? We don't need a campaign. We don't need that. We just need people to step up. We need people like you, like me, or we're stepping up. And we're asking you to step up. And some of you step up and say, you know what, God, we can only do $25 a month, $50 a month more. But we're going to do something. And on the back of your card, which is my next step today is, and on the second point, is to lead with generosity by giving X amount of dollars above my regular giving to the building fund every month for the next 12 months. That's it. We're not doing no campaign dinner, commitment dinner. We're not going to have balloons falling down from the skies. I mean, we're not doing anything else. It's just, hey, are you going to be a part of we? This is what we do. We've got to fund the vision, fund what God wants to do. And I believe that God has great things ahead of us. But God will not bless us by, doing, by living life on spare time and pocket change. It needs you to be strategic. For some of you say, you know what, God, we're going to start giving better consistently. We're going to increase our percent. We're going to be consistent. For some of you say, you know what, I'm going to pray about a special gift today. In fact, this morning I had a check. And I had one number in my mind. And as I was sitting there writing, I said, God, I'm writing this number down. And this is what I'm going to do. It's not, a, it's not as big as two years ago when we had a big campaign. But God, I, I still want to give out of a sacrifice in my heart. And as I'm writing that number down, God said, uh-uh. You can do better than that, Scott. He says, God, I, I, I kind of need this. I kind of need that. He says, yeah, but come on. I'll take care of you. Okay. And I step up. Right there in the front row, right before service, God changed your number. Maybe you said, I've already wrote a check. Maybe God is speaking to your heart and saying, you know what? Boy. God deserves the best. I want to be a part of what we do. We get to do that. Our Father, we love you and thank you for all you have done for us. You have given your only son to die at a cross for me and for the whole world. You gave generously. So, God, I pray that we will give back what we can. We can't pay you back. We can never pay you back. But, God, we want to pay back so that we can help others hear about Jesus. 
hear about who he is. And God, we want to be a part of what you're doing right here in Macomb County, making a difference, not just here, but all over the world. God, I pray that we will lead the way with generosity. We thank you for how you provided so far. And we know that you will continue to take care of us. And you will continue to bless us. And you and I pray. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet for just a minute. You guys are going to sing. Why does singing, I want you to be praying about. God, what do you want us to do every month? Whatever that might be. And write that number down. If you're not ready for that answer, say, hey, I need to go home. I need to talk to my husband and wife. God, can I email that to you this week? Yes. Next time that we want to now the total of our giving toward uh, the, the edge of tomorrow giving offering. And I hope they'll be a part of that. There's two parts. This is the monthly for the next 12 months, but then we're asking you to pray about a generous gift. Many of you have already done that. Some of you have it. I pray that you'll do that as we think about the next song. Have it on.